Welcome back to the Meet Us in Paris podcast. I'm Emily, and this is the podcast about all things travel, be it food, what to pack for your next trip, or your next exotic destination. And with me is my amazing co-host, Kristen. Hello, I'm here. Hello. I'm back. Oh, I just heard Zen. He's in here with us too. Yeah, I'm here <laughs> as Hello. well. Hello. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, this week, we are returning to our this month, next month topic, which we have done, I don't remember, once, maybe twice previously, but once, we're bringing it back. Once. once? Okay, think, well, yeah. then this is our second time. Um, yeah. So, we're bringing it back, and this is the topic where we highlight to you something awesome that has recently happened at one, maybe one of our favorite travel destinations, and then we also talk about an upcoming event that's coming in the next month that you may want to consider a trip to. And before we start with our round of events that we have happening worldwide, let's have a quick message from our sponsor. When you look back upon your life and you see all the things you achieved, certainly none of them started with inaction. And when you're planning for your next career journey, find us, the University of California, Irvine. We've over 80 convenient online certificates to help you navigate the future, and we're the perfect Sherpa for your next big adventure. Find us at ce.uci.edu. So on April 6th, there is this festival that takes place on the Moselle River in France called, in English, it's the Festival of the Little Boats, or in French, the... Fête de Petit Bateau, um, which is, uh, is the translation of Festival of Little Boats. So it is a day that celebrates the coming of spring. So super cute. Children make little pine boats to set sail on the river. And they also let candles to place them inside the boats. And then before they release the boats, they make a wish. And then they let it go down the river. I'm not oh. sure how far down the river it goes but the idea is that if someone finds your boat down the river it's said that you will get good luck and your wish will be granted um and it's even better even better luck if your candle is still lit so again i don't know how long the moselle river is so i don't know how long these boats are kind of drifting um, does it count if you run down and find yeah, your own? Yeah, that's also what I was thinking. I was like, what if your chi- you like have your child release their boat and then you, yeah. the mom or dad, go down and catch it for them? Uh, unclear what the rules are. Yeah. But if you do want to participate in this just cuteness, I guess, um, Moselle is on the east side of France, actually. So it's like pretty close to the Luxembourg border. Um Ooh. And yeah, so you can check out Luxembourg too if you're headed that way. Cool. Does it say like how many people partake? It does not, but it is specifically for children, I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. It's super cute. It kind of reminds me how in New York and Central Park, it's really popular at these little like pools to bring uh, like remote control boats, especially in the spring and run them around there. Actually, they do that in Southern California in Irvine. Oh, do they? So um, 
Yeah. Uh, what's the park that's near um, the university? Mason? Mason Park. Oh. So at Mason Park, there's um, a, I, I haven't seen them recently, but they actually have a model boat club where they come out with their model boats. And it's usually during the day, as I recall. And yeah. a bunch of these, mostly gentlemen, as you can imagine, are they run their boats out there on the water. And I believe also if you're out there on a non-race day or whatever it might be, um, you can actually see cones in the water, too. Huh. So, you know, because they do the solemn around like them. Like a real stuff thing. Like yeah. 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 Uh -huh. So they, so there's, um, I've seen them a couple times, but yeah, they do that in Irvine. So. Noted. Well, that's cute. That's fun. Now I have to look it up and find out when they do it. Cause when I've seen it before, it's a ton of fun to watch. Yeah. I bet. When I was researching this festival, I, the first thing that came to my mind was like lantern festivals or just yeah. um, like entangled when they have yeah. like, all the lanterns. Um, I did not think of any other boat. No other boat thing came to mind, <laughs> but that's really cool that we have one, like a little pond, not pond, but like a boat thing just so close to us. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a bunch of people um, who are doing it. I guess it's called the Orange County Model Sailing Club. Wow. Okay. So, and there's a president and everything. I don't know how many people are in it, but how it niche. seems. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's funny because <clears throat> when we were talking, it's like, okay, I'm going to go look up what the information. It's part of the American Model Yachting Association. Wow. So it is one of the chapters of the American Model Yachting Association. Interesting. Now you know. Noted. Noted. Okay. All right. Oh, it's yeah. on Saturday, um, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sundays. Wednesday, Wednesday. Saturday. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is it, you've seen them then, is it mostly little kids or it's all kinds of people? Um, You know, they're all, what I recall, they're all sailing boat kind of things. And they're roughly about two feet long. And then, you know, of course, the sails would be about a foot and a half tall. Maybe actually, no, they'd be a little bit taller, at least two feet taller, something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're all remote controlled. So they're all motorized. And so these guys are running around with those little boxes with an antenna with their thumbs. And um, <laughs> you can, mm. you know what I mean? With the thumbsticks, I'm sorry, like, right. a, like a video game controller. Right, right, and, right. Um, and they're steering them around the, um, around the lake. Wow. Well, I will look out for that. I actually live close to there. So yeah, yeah, well, there you go. Cool. So we heralded in this month as we do every year with April 1st. And I friggin' hate this day. <laughs> I hate April Fool's Day. I'm always just counting the hours till it's done. And it's the worst when it's on like a weekday and you actually have to go to school and, and work and face people. Um, I can never stay on my guard and not get pranked. So I get really irritated. <laughs> Do you guys know the origins of April Fool's Day? No. This was fascinating to me. Um, beginning, it looks like the year 1567. So we're wow. talking over about 500 years ago. That was the year they made January 1st start the year. Originally, oh. the year started with April 1st. What? So, Wait, 
Oh, wait, who oh, okay. dis- who decided this? What country or <laughs> civilization? Um, I think it was a pope that okay. did. It. Okay. I was just thinking, it's like, wait, it, it April. Wait, the year starts on April first, not like April second or something like that. <laughs> you know, so. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, imagine doing New Year's Eve on March thirty first. <laughs> um, so. Before then, the year was start April 1st. So they make this big change where now January 1st is going to start the year. And I have to wonder, I don't understand the reason behind that. But anyways, so obviously people didn't often get the memo or there were people who were just like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> April 1st, till <laughs> the new year. Um, and so that was kind of how April Fool started was you would make fun of the people who still considered April first to be the first of the year um oh. <clears throat> yeah so this was i mean this is back in the 1500s and what i am also really familiar with so in the u.s it's kind of just a day of jokes like you can play any practical joke however in france they actually call it um le poisson d'avril which means uh april like a- the april fish the fish of april <laughs> and essentially the only joke that gets played that day is you spend all day trying to tape like a fish on people's backs oh my so, God. <laughs> and you're trying to put it on somebody's back without them noticing so then people are walking around with like the fish on their backs it's the and, original kick me sign yeah, yeah <laughs> and to me this is so much more preferable. Like, there's only one thing I need to watch out for. Like, I <laughs> it's very specific. It's very tailored to that, and so um, I would much prefer that. But I, I can't really speak to what a lot of the rest of the world does. But I know, like in general, it has become you know day of tomfoolery, um, and I friggin' hate it. But I'm sure there are different traditions all around the world. But if you're in France specifically, you have to literally watch your back on April 1st. <laughs> I always get Rick rolled on that day. Yes. That's another <laughs> good one that I'll always fall for. I always get Rick rolled. So. Yeah. Oh, and actually there's um, the story behind the fish itself was that. Um, so April 1st, which used to be um, the start of the year, that was I'm almost always falling during the season of Lent and um, I'm not Catholic, but I have learned that during Lent, you're not supposed to eat meat, but it's okay to eat fish. So a lot of people would eat fish during Lent. And so I think that's kind of how it got started, that there would be a lot of like fish gifts and things like that. So people would use a false fish to trick um, people on that day. So a little bit of um, story behind that as well. Cool. Yeah. All right. I will back that up with something that has absolutely nothing to do with jokes or fish. Okay. But but it is something equally as fun. This is called this takes place in um song it takes place in Thailand and it is called Songkran. 
I'm probably butchering that in pronunciation. But this is the thing that you actually will see occasionally on like pictures or a video or something like that. And it's where people in Thailand are running around on the streets and they're just all running around with squirt guns, squirting each other with buckets of water on the ground and everyone's refilling it. And it looks like everyone's having a great time, young people and old people. Um, and actually, you know, we had a coworker um, named Brett who actually had take partaken in that water fight in oh, the past. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Brett actually went. Um, actually, I got to talk to L- our friend Lolita um, whether she's gone, but she she talks about that as well. But if you take just Google it, you'll see thousands of thousands of people in the streets shooting water at each other. So the question is, where is this water festival coming from? Yeah. And it's not because that typically it takes place on the um, April 13th of every year, 13th, 14th, and 15th, where they shut down the city. Um, it is a specific party called um, essentially the water festival. Um, the major streets are closed and they're used for big arenas to fight. Now the, reason why this came about was it is actually um kind of uh the lunar new years in southeast asian nations and what was traditional a long time ago was to wash away for lack of i i'm not saying this word but wash away the bad juju Mm -hmm, you would actually (laughs) take water and you would wash off the buddhas so you take a handful of water and you splash yeah. it on the Buddhas and you cleanse the Buddha and you cleanse yourself as well. And this, so, you know, it's like there's, you also bring out, I understand, um, fruits and stuff like that as offerings. Um, this is also a celebration where all the families get together. And, but the Thailand Water Festival is where it has evolved into something a little bit larger so um but yeah it's the it's the um thai new year essentially so it's all water guns it's not like you take a bucket of water and Mm. (laughs) dump it on someone Uh, you know what mostly i see the water guns yeah so i feel like water guns are more agile you're not like lugging around (laughs) (laughs) sounds like it evolved to being just oh right and I was just curious if <laughs> yeah. any anything would do. Well, I, I hear people use water hoses. Everything's okay. fair game. Cars oh. going by. I feel like a water balloon or two I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a big celebration and it's a nice way to stay cool. You should it's really funny to see a whole street worth of people being wet. Um, yeah. I do have kind of this one side note about water pistols and our sponsor the university of california irvine is that probably about 10 years ago the university of california irvine actually had the world's largest squirt fun gunfight nice and so on uci campus the guinness book of world's records came out to document it and I feel like it was like 5,000 students ran around with squirt guns and squirted each other on a field. Wow. That's and awesome. <clears throat> go look That's for some video. Yeah. Go go look online. There's some video. Um, I, I might have taken it. 
So, <laughs> but uh, it, it's a lot of fun to see. Okay, that's my what happened this month in April. That's fun. Nice. And you, so, sorry, you said that it happens like around the Lunar New Year. Yeah, somehow? April. <clears throat> Apparently, their their New Year's or New Year's. I don't think it's the typical Lunar New Year, but it's because it's always celebrated on April 13th. See, they probably didn't change from when the whole world celebrated <laughs> April. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I, I think it's more like their equivalent in Lunar New Year. So. Right, right, yeah. right. Okay. Nice. All right. Interesting. Okay. So that's what happened this month of April. Uh, moving on to something that will happen in May. I will start us off with the Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling. I think that's what I was going to say competition, but I think it's just <laughs> Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling. Um, this, yes, this happens in the UK, in specifically in the town of, I'm going to like butcher this, Gloucester, Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. I see it written Gloucester. Is it just Gloucester? I maybe people. Uh, what's it called? Shorten it Gl- to yeah. Gloucester. Gloucester. Run, oh my god! Run. It could be, but, but anyways, yes. Well, I guess they added that Shire part to make it like that's the town of uh, Gloucester. Gloucestershire. Yes. You know. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> so. Um, Usually this is a bank holiday that on, so it takes place like the last Monday of May or something in the UK, which is typically the US's Memorial Day. Um, But this year, because of the Queen of England's Platinum Jubilee, they moved the cheese rolling event to, I think, the following weekend. So this year it's going to happen June 5th, Sunday, June 5th, but usually it happens in May. So anyways... Uh, What is cheese rolling? Well, it is what it sounds like. Um, (laughs) First of all, this is called the Cooper's Hill cheese rolling. So it is on this hill in Gloucester. That's we're just going to call it that now. uh, In in this hill called Cooper's Hill. And it's a very almost vertical hill that they will send cheese, a, a round of double Gloucester cheese rolling down this hill. Then one second, so the cheese gets a once about a one second head start. Then the participants, <laughs> Sounds the part, funny. right? The participants will then run after the cheese down the hill to try and catch the cheese. Well, because this hill is like 200 yards long, near vertical, uh, the cheese with its one second head start can reach up to 70 miles per hour. Holy It's crazy. (laughs) So it's not totally feasible. I mean, maybe I don't, I didn't read anywhere that someone actually caught the cheese, but um, it's just like the idea that you're trying to, to catch the cheese, but really whoever crosses the finish line at the bottom of the hill wins and their prize is the cheese. Nice. So so how did this start? Well, some say, (laughs) It's about, it was about claiming the rights to the land. And this was like the way that they decided who got the land. Um, <laughs> and that's then it. Yeah, just that. a roll of cheese and that's what we're going to do. But some people also believe it could have been a fertility ritual. No one quite knows for sure. But now this cheese rolling 
is actually an official extreme sport that people from around the world will come and either participate or come to watch, which is very funny. Um, but if you wanted to participate or to watch, you would go to Gloucester or Gloucestershire, uh, which is about 100 miles west of London and 50 miles south of Birmingham. Um, Birmingham. <laughs> so uh, some fun facts about this whole event. They used to use actual wheels of cheese and they fit it into like a wooden protection system to protect the cheese. But I guess it was not very safe. So in 2013, which is pretty recent when they made this realization, but in 2013, they replaced the cheese with a foam replica um, to make no. it safer, I guess. But if you do cross the finish line first, you still get cheese as your actual prize. So, I mean, sure, you, you still get cheese. So <laughs> there's still something to look forward to. Um, something kind of scary, not scary, but like there is a high injury rate given the circumstances of the hill. Uh, so the highest injury toll in recent years happened in 97 when 33 competitors were treated for everything from splinters to broken bones. Woof! Yeah. And apparently if you want it, I'm sure you could like pull up a video on YouTube to like watch an old race. But if you wanted to watch like a Netflix documentary, apparently there is an episode in um, the documentary called We Are the Champions. I've never heard Sweet. of it. I've never seen it, but it documents this in one of the episodes. Um, but yeah, if you want to participate, head over to Cooper's Hill on June 5th of this year. But if you're going any other year, it's usually the end of May. <laughs> um, and they have races for men and for women down the hill. And then they have one at the end of the day for children. But instead of running down because it's really dangerous, they have the children run up the hill, which... How do they chase cheese? I don't cheese? know if that's better. I don't think they chase cheese. I think they just have children run up the hill so they feel like they could participate. Oh, cute. <laughs> Super cute. Well, I don't have anything that compares with cheese rolling. But um, the 17th of May is um, Norway's Constitution Day. And I always find it fun to hear when other countries kind of celebrate their country. Because um, ours is all, I mean, obviously, it's always 4th of July and it's always like hot and fun. And I always like, what do you do if it's like in winter? <laughs> How do you eat your hot dogs and watch your fireworks? <laughs> um, people celebrate it differently. But um, in case you are unaware, also Norway is still uh, a monarchy. So it's not an independence day. They're not independent from anything, uh, but they celebrate Constitution Day as their national day. Um, it is an official public holiday observed on May 17th every year. And this actually goes back to when they signed, I guess, like kind of their constitution um, in 1814, which declared it to be an independent kingdom in an attempt to avoid being ceded to Sweden um, after Denmark and Norway's devastating defeat in the Napoleonic mm. Wars. 
Um, also, this celebration was actually, it began spontaneously among students. Um, apparently, at that time, Norway was in a personal union with Sweden. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> And for some years, the king of Sweden and Norway, they were reluctant to allow these celebrations to happen. Um, they tried banning it and other things, um, <clears throat> but didn't take. So they actually do celebrate it a little similarly in the U.S. Um, it, I think it's generally, you know, it's they're ushering in spring. So they um, it's very common to eat hot dogs <laughs> on this day. They also do a lot of children's parades. So to them, it's not military in nature like we see like in the U.S., um, but they have a lot of children's parades of an abundance of their flags. Um, and like each elementary school district arranges its own parade. So heaven forbid you have kids in different elementary schools. You have like five <laughs> parades to go to, I guess. Um, and what's also interesting is that there is apparently a huge... Um, Norwegian diaspora. And so there are celebrations of this all over the world. So um, for instance, uh, there's apparently a big uh, Norwegian population in Brooklyn, New York, in the Bay Ridge neighborhood, which I didn't realize. And so they have their, their 17th of May parade. They've been doing that since 1952. Um, there's one in Alaska, which is uh, the town of Petersburg, which is known as Little Norway. Um, and they include Norwegian pastries and a pack of Vikings and Valkyries. So, <laughs> what, does this, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the Vikings do the parading or something. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, there are large ones in, uh, I saw New Zealand, Scotland, Sweden. Um, so all over 17th of May is the place where you can celebrate Norwegian um, heritage and culture. And it looks from the pictures I'm seeing like a pretty good time if you were in Norway. So if you are looking for a time to go right around the middle of May, you would have a lot going on and a lot to do with all of their um, daily celebrations and cultural um, events that they have. So I thought that was fun. That is fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Can I cheat? Yeah. No. <laughs> this this will be worth it, I promise. Okay. okay. So I I I'll tell you my my first original one, but then I'm going to tell you the one I want to do instead. So in Japan, there's something um, in May third of 2022. There is something called the Hama uh, Hamatsu Kite Festival in Hamatsu. And what they do is they sent up hundreds and hundreds of kites and it's beautiful. These kites are apparently six feet in length and in size and they're huge. And then you also have like a kite fight. Um, And the tradition comes from uh, the tradition comes from, I think it was like this um, year 400 or something like that. And there was a feudal Lord who was there and when his son his first son was born he sent up a kite up in celebration and so it's a celebration of children is that you send up the name of your firstborn and it's all the newborns of the year however of course this is asian 
Asian culture is that um, you can also dedicate, I understand, a corner um, of the kite to a newborn daughter as well. But typically it's... Oh, how generous. (laughs) I'm Asian, but... Sorry, I'm not not killing the messenger. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I know, I know. But that's the tradition. And then later on in the day, I understand they have like a kite fight. And essentially what it does is you try to entangle other kites in the cords no. and then they get knocked like off <laughs> and then like all these kites are in trees and stuff like that. So it was, it's quite a sight to behold. Um, but my cheater thing is I actually want to go back to the, um, my cheater one is I want to go back to the, um, the month of March. Um, and, yeah. Well, here, here's the reason we didn't do it. Uh, no, it was towards the end of March. Oh, okay. Um, the reason I want to go back to this is this is something that I, uh, from where I grew up, um, is there's something in Columbus, Ohio. There is something called the Dick's Den Marathon, which started in 1973. And it, Dick's Den is a bar in Columbus, Ohio. And if you've ever been to Columbus, Ohio, the main street is called High Street. It's a street, major street that goes north and south, and it bisects the city of Columbus. Hmm. And Dick's Den is on this. And this marathon, which took place um, in March, they, um, and towards the end of March, they have a race since 1973 where you chug a couple of beers, run five miles down the street, grab mm-hmm. buy a fifth of buy a fifth of whiskey and you run back. That sounds awful. When you it's buy awesome. the are you, are you running with like a fifth of whiskey in your hand or do you have to like No, you have to run beforehand. No no you at least you get to run back with the fifth of whiskey. Okay. So you run back with the fifth of whiskey and then once you get back you chug another couple of beers or something of like course. that. Yeah, <laughs> and so this is essentially a ten mile run. It's been done in, in as little uh, in under an hour, wow. and they've been doing wow. this for forty nine years. And what had it started out was that this the owner of the bar who lived in the area um, used to have these huge rocking parties, and um, after the you know people drank all the stuff, it's like, well, we need to go get some more stuff, and so they would send someone down the street to go get some whiskey. And then the guy would come back and they said, oh, let's make a marathon out of it. And they've been <laughs> running this yearly. I think 2020 was the first year that it wasn't official because of COVID. And one guy ran it alone just to make sure wow. someone was running it. Wow. <laughs> just so and he, and he won because he shouldn't have won. But yes, yes. Yeah. But there's also some stories about people who would run and then see the bar a block away and go in and have a beer and then run another couple of blocks and then go have in the beer in the next block. And it take them like two or three days to get back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyways, I just thought it was the funniest thing when um, I was in college there. Um, I just can't believe that it's still being run to this, to this day. So there you go. Dick's den marathon. Columbus, Ohio. When, March so, when is it March? It was March 14th of this year. Oh! It's usually around this usually around this time. All right, all right. So yeah, okay. but 
49 years in a row. 49 years in that a row. That is impressive for that is very something impressive. that just kind of started casually. <laughs> and I respect that they didn't let it go unrun. Right. The dedication. Oh. Yeah. And, and part of the reason was apparently, this is another weird story, is that one of the people who used to party with them in the 70s, early 70s, 73, 72, or whatever, that started it, was it just happens one of those partiers was a gold winner at the Olympics for marathon or something like that. <laughs> so they, they actually had a professional or amateur runner who like, that's where it was born from. And I also hear after you drink your second beers, two beers coming back that a lot of people lose their beers mm. as you can imagine. Yes. So, hmm. but anyways, the most amusing thing I've ever heard or seen. So well, that's fun. That, <clears throat> makes something i think that's the only like stateside event that we discussed so that's that like, reminds me of out. the crispy cream run i don't Zen think i know what that is. That? did i talk i don't remember if i isn't that one where you run and you eat a bajillion crispy creams and then you run back it I sounds mean, it, right there's the beer and the the beer and the whiskey but the Krispy Kreme Challenge is an annual charity event in which participants run a five-mile road course leading to a Krispy Kreme donut shop, eat one dozen donuts, and then run back to the finish line in under one hour. And for some reason, I mean, they must have this other places, but everything I'm seeing says it takes place in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. What? Huh. Either way. Another, uh, of course, the American events right? <laughs> <laughs> are sort of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it looks like one's in the fall. So if you need yeah. an excuse to go to Raleigh. Okay. There we go. Two stateside, mm-hmm. couple international, yeah. covering more than just two months. So <laughs> there's lots of things to look forward to this year or next year. Um, well, any last remarks? Before we close out, <laughs> no last changes. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for tuning into our this month, next month around the world. We hope you guys had as much fun as we did. Let us know what you think. Contact us on our social media channels where you can also find photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more. And if you are newer to our podcast, check out some of our older ones on destinations like Washington, D.C., Portugal, Barcelona, um, and Austin, Texas, just to name a few. Meet Us in Paris is the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. And thanks again for tuning in. Bye. 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 Bye.